We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is... This is... This is... Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is Kristen Hernandez and Leif. And for the audience, uh, the reason why I was laughing to start was because uh, we've had a rough start uh, to the show. Uh, This is the third time we started. I lowered the window. I'm not touching it again. I'm, you know, it's recording. We're good. We're ready Come to on, go. Come on, man. Yeah, no. It's, it's been it's a rough start. Rough start for Heat Beat. Uh, so third time's a charm. So I have Leif and Christian. It has been a while since they've been on because, as I mentioned the, the second time, Alf has hogged all the podcasts. I know. A lot of really good guest spots, though. I haven't even, like, how could I complain that I haven't been on the podcast? Don't or... even try to recreate what we did. It's over. <laughs> I'm trying. Really? I said something no, really that... good. I swear I did. It's over, yeah. dude. What? No. It's gone. He tried. He that, That's good job. Good effort. Um, oh, but... Where's that kid? Yeah, right. I think I, I think I have. Uh, I think since I'm recording the Skype call as a backup, I have what we did like to start the show. So that'll be like the lost episodes. That's a funny. little like two minute blooper at the end. You can like put it up to me realizing I'm not even recording I, it. I can't wait for the because what I'm doing is because I know in the off season uh, we're not going to be able to re- we're not going to record as many shows because it's not going to be anything to talk about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put like not really best ofs, but like some of the pre shows that we've done. Have been really funny, and you know, we have some of that recorded and some some lost content for you, the audience. So that's going to be really fun during the off season when we have nothing coming out. You'll at least get some of that stuff. That'll be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, speaking of fun, you know, as somebody who hasn't been on the podcast in a while and got a chance to listen to uh, all the frequent ones with all the, um, you know, the recent new guests that the big time that have came on. Yeah, I mean. That's uh that's been a lot of fun. So I'm I'm happy to sit on the sideline if my team is winning, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unlike he, the Heat he tonight. Culture. He culture. Yeah, he, 
Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I really want to thank 790 The Ticket for all they've done. Um, they've been tremendous. I mean, we have nothing to do with them. Nothing outside of like Twitter interactions. And they've posted our stories on their Facebook page. They've talked about us on air. I know Ethan Ethan mentioned he beat on air the other day. Uh, Chris Cochran, Chris Whittingham, Ethan, uh, everybody. A lot of people on the station have been very, very kind to us. So I want to thank you guys. Uh, this is a student run, or at least Brian and I are students. And uh, this is something that we started from scratch. So the fact that you are really supporting us means like the world to us so thank you very much to 780 the ticket doubt you're listening but if you are thumbs up you guys are awesome did, did they pay you for that plug no that was good though right <laughs> that, that was that's pretty a tri- solid though that that's was a good. tryout dude that was a tryout Listen, clip for sure I, I, at intercom Enter, i'm here dude i think this is the appropriate moment to also uh for me to say thank you for heat beat for paying me for all of my tweets <laughs> content and articles uh it's really great to be so financially stable because of the money that you guys provide to all I of I, all of I'm us christian have you gotten your direct deposit yet i was gonna say um, i thought I, I figured it was a check that you guys were doing and it just hasn't no, it's arrived just that's just the yet. first paycheck just Not the yet. first paycheck comes oh, okay as a, yeah as a I'm, I'm still check. waiting on that first one i know it's coming soon but you know sometimes it gets it's lost fu- in the mail you know it gets into the wrong country I don't you know. know stuff happens man yeah it was funny because uh, I, we're we're having like these uh, these like test Google ads. I don't know if you've noticed on the website, like on the stories, there's a little ad right under the the like the first paragraph or right above the first paragraph. And Brian and I are experimenting with Google ads to see how many times people click it and how much money we can really pull if we if we decide to go this route. And we were joking like, man, once people start seeing ads, they're gonna start getting snippy with us. I mean, yeah, I could imagine, yeah, because at that point they'll know that you're trying to turn a little bit of a profit off it. But I mean, honestly, most people don't process that. Like ads are something that I feel like a lot of us are just so used to at this point that we kind of just block them out. Oh, you guys haven't even noticed? No, I oh, noticed, but I mean, are they on the I, website I would... already? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've been oh, on for well. like two weeks. Wow, see, that's what I'm talking about, though. But like, Not you yet. have to like read a story and it's there. It's like. No, I mean, I think that that's good. That's positive movement in the right direction. Uh, I, I'm already writing this stuff and contributing, and it's fun. So uh, whatever comes no, with dude, that. No, dude, we, we really want to pay. We really oh, want to pay you guys. Home Depot appliances. I No, I just opened a story, and I have a tune-in <laughs> Wednesday, March 23rd for Heat Spurs. So that's that, a good one. That's a no, good that one. is good. That's, that's a good one. Relevant. It's a Fox Sports ad. Yeah, so, you know, we're there. Yeah, hopefully we can, you know, you got, well, Christian, you got beer, so you can't complain. Do I? Did you got beer, don't you remember? What do you mean? I bought you beer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, that one time, yeah. Yeah, that Sorry. one time. That was and a, you guys are getting t-shirts and I know, polos. I know, mean, I'm, I'm excited for the t-shirts. The polos. orders are in. The, the polos, the, the t-shirts are the, the podcast logo, and then the polos are, are like just normal hippie logos. Pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, I do love this logo. Very cool. Uh, thank you for Brandon Chang, or as uh, Alf calls him, Brian's Little Asian. Thanks <laughs> oh, for all the design. for you. So uh, moving on from ourselves because we're a bunch of narcissists and uh, we like talking about ourselves. Yeah, that was very um, LeBron of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll transition there. I was going to transition into the disaster <laughs> that was the Spurs. Going. Yeah, has, okay, let's had the hashtag he gone movement started by one Mike Scriba, who I thought was 14 years old and I learned was married. What, by so, the way, I just saw that picture of, I guess, his wife, Scriba, if you're listening, congratulations. 
Do you think Screamer listens to us? I doubt it, but you never I know. <laughs> I thought Screamer hated me. I, I think <laughs> he, that he nice. does listen. And and word up to what Christian said. He <laughs> 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 gone. So Mike Screamer started this uh this he gone movement, which was um that's a top ten Twitter night for oh, me. Oh wait, so is he from Miami? I don't know. That's a great question. Because I wish I'll he could call you what, it. If he found that girl in Miami no. and then took her to San Antonio, that guy is a freaking genius, and we need to pay some <laughs> no, homage he, to that dude. He's he's from up north. That's how he became a Patriots fan, I believe, if I'm reading correctly on his Oh, he's, he's one of those. He's a Patriots fan. <laughs> one of those. He never um, smiles yeah. in pictures. Yeah, no. I'm seeing his wife that you guys have talked about, and he just like doesn't. He's stone fit. She's very pretty. Yes, dude, he's totally Kawhi Leonard, but like light skinned Kawhi Leonard. And not amazing. I don't don't really see that, but (laughs) no, like I'm I'm just saying because like he doesn't smile. It's like he's there. You just called that part of the light skinned Kawhi Leonard, man. Well, you know what I meant. I I don't want to call him white because I don't know if he's white. Is he white or is he Hispanic? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't just, wanna, he, look, he looks Hispanic to me. This is very racially clumsy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, what happened in I the in the? <laughs> I mean, I'm Hispanic. I think I can spot Hispanic. I don't know. I thought he was Hispanic, so now I, now I'm shook. I mean, I, I think we should York, no longer probably... continue to speculate and move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> We need that little like race board that Levitar has. Oh, in the Atlanta. Back of well, at least I mean, at least I didn't think Jonathan Coachman wasn't black like Sugats did, which oh is just God, a, that was, that I was know. awful. Okay, oh. so transitioning again, uh, third time's a charm, just like starting the show. Uh, transitioning to the He Gone movement, mm-hmm. uh, definitely top ten Twitter night. Uh, that was amazing. I mean, it's been a couple days now that I've been having some fun with this. And it's only because every day there's something new to feed on. Like, what was it today? Today was the the whole thing that he might meet up with uh, all his friends. Carmelo, CP3, and Wade. Stop somewhere for a year or two. I take less money. You know, why why do you need to say that? He's doing this on purpose. I just don't know what the end game is. What's the end game, Spence? (laughs) Well, I mean, I heard that the comments that came out today weren't necessarily recent comments because it was something that the that the person who wrote it was holding on to like three months worth of work before he released it. So I don't know how much that correlates to this recent stuff. But as far as he gone, uh, it's been funny to watch all the trolling and, and, and all that. I haven't necessarily been too much on the he gone stuff but definitely have been trolling cleveland and the cavaliers and lebron recently and uh that night was crazy because you could tweet something that had nothing to do with any of that and it would just be quoted (laughs) with hashtag he gone Um, no, like no, was, other other true. world events are going on, like like somewhat. Oh, uh, Rob Ford died. Hashtag he gone. Like, you know. No, and that's what like. Listen, listen. Like he twitters up. Like we're a bunch of savages. Like we understand that. We understand that we're like my. Um, I think Harden's intellect asked me why. Like because I, I think I talked about like he twitter in their prime was just like on another level. And he asked me like, what kind of things would they do? And I always love the, the example, the example of the Michael Jordan, uh, him with the trophy crying, and somebody photoshopped a giant penis in place of the trophy. 
<laughs> and he's that, cuddling yeah. with it. I mean, like that's what he Twitter is. So, like, yeah, you know, it's basically thing. It's, it's basically the Levitard rant, but in tweet form. Mm-hmm. And like more vulgar somehow. Well, of course, because it's not on Disney Radio. <laughs> I, I saw one. I think. Uh, I think it was Bob Lee, that that protester, that Cuban protester that was arrested after he went on. He yes, went on uh, set, and somebody was like, "He gone," and I was like, "Oh God, is it bad to laugh at this?" Because I, I mean, know that that is yeah. terrible. And I was like, "It's terrible," but it's also kind of funny. But it's also like unhumanly bad. I mean, I think that's. I definitely. But that's Twitter. That's, that's what it is. It's like you, you like we. Everybody knows it's a joke, but it's uh, taking it real far. <laughs> like, uh, there's always uh, those jokes that you're uncomfortable to laugh at. Uh, how about the Cleveland radio guy that they said he cried when LeBron went back to Cleveland, and now like here, all, dude. all week he's been like. Uh, on the radio calling Miami fans, you know, like bad people and how do we sleep at night and that we're <laughs> okay. bullies and I mean like it took we're everything bullies. with inside of me to not like really go after that guy because like he took shots that were so off base and just straight ignorant wrong like in my opinion it's almost borderline bigoted some of the stuff that he said um, but I just tweeted a little bit to him, but um, I wanted to say a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what were you going to say? No, I mean, I, I, he just sounded so whiny, too. And it, like some of the things that he said about, you know, us all being rich and stuff like that, like you, you don't know Miami very well if you really think it's just a bunch of rich people. Like, yeah, like uh, the neighborhoods that everybody goes to are like that, but – Miami is a huge city with a lot Kendall, of very dude. poor neighborhoods. And Kendall's not even bad. Kendall's like straight up middle, middle class area. But like you start going into like little Havana, little Haiti, like you're going to like real, he, he real needs to take a drive stuff. down. Take a drive down Northwest 7th Ave and then oh, yeah. report mm-hmm. back. Go go to where UD grew up. <laughs> or even or there. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not, well, Kristen, you are rich. You live in a nice place. I mean, I have a, I have a, I mean, I have a good paying ocean. job. But what can I say? Can, can, can you can, can, can you see the ocean from your house? I can see the bay. <laughs> that's, that's a good setup. Yeah, first class society right here. You don't need a t-shirt. T-shirt. I'm no, give it, okay, I, at least a polo though. I need a nice. I'm gonna polo, give it to somebody man. needy. I'm gonna wear my. I'm gonna wear my heat beat polos to like my golf outings. No, this is this is company branding, dude. You guys gotta wear that everywhere. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll this, be repping it. I I have no shame in my game. I'll be repping I have no it shame either, all dude. day. Um, Roger, every Heat game, I'm wearing it. Brand recognition, dude. Yep, you gotta create I, awareness. I just want to work <laughs> to get those NBA Finals media credentials one day when yes. they give out yes. a whole bunch of them. You mean this year? Yeah, I fucking hope so. <laughs> I hope. You so. know the NBA is like so picky. Listen. I, I'm not saying this. I guess it's gonna sound like bragging, but it, like I don't mean it to brag. Like I'm a credentialed tennis writer and U.S. soccer writer, and they let me in rooms with Jurgen Klinsmann and Roger Federer. The NBA has to like lighten up on its media policy, dude. Okay, like are, are come they on. stricter than a lot of other places? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like kind of a credentialed baseball writer. You just apply and they give it to you, and the NBA is like, no, 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 no. no. Could you we imagine? If, could you imagine if Alf got? 
credentialed. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I would be petrified. Especially if I were there, I would just be like holding myself. That sounds like myself. a video series. <laughs> yeah, so that sounds someone, like a video series. Someone would need to follow behind that with a camera, that's for sure. Um, like, no, that, like, him in the press conference? Or no, I, But he wouldn't even be like talking to... He'd just be like yelling at other media members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should get him and Spoon. Oh my God, that'd be a great television bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've only ever read Spoon. I've never heard him. You know what I mean? So like, it's uh, you don't know how somebody. Um, yeah, right. I just imagine him to yell a lot. Are you Are yeah. you serious when you say that you're actually texting him sometimes? Yeah. No, he he reached out to me actually. Uh, um, on Twitter, and I said, you know, basically, why the hell are we like using a person on Twitter to get in touch uh and so he finally he hit me up and just you know we've just been texting bullshit back and forth during games and stuff like that he he's seems still, like a nice guy he's still as petty as ever and um but you know i agree with a lot of that so uh i mean that's my sad. mom is captain of team petty dude yeah. he said he's not coming back to twitter unless they pay him <laughs> unless they pay him that's not that's i don't know who, i don't know who they is but <laughs> I'd consider him sending him like fifty bucks if he'd run the Heat Beat account for a Heat Cavs playoff series. Yeah, no, nah, I thought I'd about give him two hundred dollars. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. Uh, oh, that'd, that'd be hilarious. Cool Could you imagine if he took over the Miami Heat account? Oh my God, no! Like they, they, him they, getting they... it into it with the other teams' accounts. <laughs> <laughs> that poor Cavs account. That poor intern. <laughs> Should I should I uh, extend the olive branch there? <laughs> oh, duh, duh. Listen, everybody's big guest booking. Now it's your turn, dude. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, no, but no. Honest, like honestly, like I think he gets a lot of unfair. Like I think uh, Jack Alfonso said it best. Like he, it's not what he says; it's the way he says it. So it comes off as funny, but like he's right a lot of the time. No, I mean that's why I liked him is mostly because he tends to be right about things. But yeah, he he has these this way of dressing topics to make it like you know controversial, but also like I don't know. But then I, my my favorite part about him honestly was the tangents that he would go on. He would be tweeting about three different things all at once, and it would be impossible to keep up with what he was talking about. <laughs> He, during, the, during the Spurs game when we were getting blown out, he just he texted me out of nowhere. Danny Green is a lesbian. <laughs> Would note that's it. That's all he said. <laughs> I kept, you know, I was mad at him today because Danny Green because he doesn't look like he ever sweats and that bothers me. Like they're running around and they get like a close up shot and like he just doesn't look like he's like he looks like he just rolled out of bed and it it, it annoys me. I mean, he's, I mean, as a fat person, he's probably in very good shape. Same with Kawhi. Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi sweats, but like, there's times I'm where, uh, I mean, I, nobody I'm, sweats like D Wade, dude. I mean, yeah, D Wade sweats. Like, I sweat like an animal when I play sports. So, like, I, see, seeing some of these guys be out there for like eight minutes and they're like breaking a little sweat at the top of their forehead, <laughs> I just don't understand it. Patrick Ewing was the the. Goat sweat. Person. It's a sweater. Like, it was unbelievable what would be falling off the top of his head. Oh, man. So, I'm telling you, like, ask anybody who's my age about Patrick Ewing and his sweat issue. He, he, wore, he wore wristbands, didn't he? So he could wipe the sweat off all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, Zoe did that for for some time too, but I think he was more just trying to copy Patrick because that was his boy. But no, Ewing did that shit for medical purposes. <laughs> 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 oh, so Ewing Ewing leads the league in sweat or led the league in sweat of all time. I, I, I have him as the one seed going in. If I, anybody can at me on Twitter, if they got a better one than that. Oh, dude, I remember <laughs> Richard Lewis used to sweat a lot, man. I'm trying to think like who's the sweatiest guy in the league right now. This is such a weird. No, I know. It's this is a great topic, and like, I, I'm, what are I'm trying we to doing think. right now. I mean, I've, the only one I can notice is D Wade because we see him a lot, and I, I just know that I'm like, man, Dwayne sweats like me. Like I'm, I sweat a lot when I play sports, and I was like, oh, you know D Wade sweats like, a lot. Well, I guess just the way his sweat falls and makes his hair all weird. Harrison is, Barnes is really sweaty right now. He, he I'm, I'm just looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just like he's, he's pretty very shiny. No, Kevin Love sweats a lot. Can we talk about yeah. Kevin Love's stupid haircut? That's what that's makes him look of, like he's sweaty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like that whole haircut then like falls apart and he gets all like, I don't know, that sweaty hair. I don't know. That's just. Tragic too. Oh, he but, gets, but he gets a wet head. I mean, how do you expect <laughs> a guy to be a good winning player with a wet head? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is this just Kevin Love annoy you? I He's my least favorite player in the league. Literally. I mean, uh, yeah, it, like from a talent perspective, like he it's amazing how he can put up incredible numbers because he just doesn't play the game well. He just does artificial things well. It's, it's odd. It's really odd. Uh, what, like, what do you mean? Like he puts he can put up points and rebounds like he has that a very odd knack of getting rebounds, but he has to be around the basket, obviously. And what they ask him to do is Cleveland is stretch the floor. And then he's terrible in pick and roll, both on offense and defense, usually. So it's like, I don't know. It's he's a hard guy to really like watching, you know, it's interesting because he can grab all the counting stats and he has scales. I mean, I say he's my least favorite player, but that's not because he doesn't. You know, he's not a stiff, but um, the main thing with him is like in the league, the way that the game's played right now, if you can't defend, if teams know that you can't defend the pick and roll, they're going to eat you alive with it. And he is just incompetent. So um, when you got a guy that's like that and just watching it happen over and over and then watching Chris Bosh defend a pick and roll and then have people say that LeBron left for an upgrade, um, that's tough. Tough to swallow for Team Petty. <laughs> I mean, Team Petty was totally justified. On the, like when when people started saying those things and like writing things that suggested that, it's like how can you offensive. how can you honestly say that about two guys so unproven? Kevin Love was always a stat patter on teams that never made the playoffs. Kyrie Irving could never stay healthy and never played defense. They both don't play defense. I mean, that's half the freaking game. And people just assumed, oh, immediate upgrade just because they're younger. I mean. Well, I, I have, and I want to ask you this question because when I, I wrote a story, and for those of you who haven't read it, it's, uh, it's about the Team Petty movement and kind of why Miami feels the way they feel. And because I think a lot of the country doesn't really understand. He gave you four great years. You should be thankful. So I, I kind of articulated why Miami feels the way they feel. But. 
in terms of him leaving, I've always felt like it's and because of what I said in the story, which is basically just like this kind of insulated fan base and insulated locker room because the whole world was against you and how the fan base and the team kind of grew together. It wasn't really that he left for who he left. It was just the fact that he left. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about before about, you know, people insinuating that he Twitter can be a little aggressive and a little, you know, they can really come at you hard, you know, if they feel that they've been wrong. We we do, we do. We can. It's true, we can. But a lot of that is because we were kind of like molded into that form those four years that LeBron was here because the amount of abuse that that team would take, that LeBron specifically would take, that Chris Bosh would take for absolutely no reason. And then D-Wade got a reputation of being a dirty player in the middle of that. Yeah, he like, did. Among because, other fan bases. I mean, I get why some people think that. I mean, I think for me, it's just a lot of isolated cases that look a little questionable. And then people have just kind of like built that story. I still don't think he's really a dirty player. I don't think so either. But he has that. He, amongst fan bases that don't like the Heat, that is what they say. I mean, sure. Celtic fans, they, Celtic fans, that's our go-to. Now, Celtic fans, Pacer fans have have also have both said things about Wade being a dirty player. But going back to the, you know the way we react and that kind of stuff, and um, also um, you know like when LeBron left, you have to think of it like think of somebody who watched the Heat when before Pat Riley was even there, and then um, you know like you're basically like the Milwaukee Bucks or an organization like that uh, and then all of a sudden you get you get Pat Riley Arison takes over uh, and you build this culture all this time uh, you have a you know a track record a history of success and it was a lot of like through hard work it was like blue co- blue collar blue collar um, and then you get this superstar out of nowhere um, in LeBron that, you know, has that platform along with those other guys and the whole world hates you for it as if you've been this, like, team that has had a silver spoon in their mouth their entire franchise history, which was so not true. Like, it's so difficult to swallow that and we got attacked. So now we have a persecution complex a little bit, I think. But I feel a lot of that also was not was and it was just such a clash of cultures, right? So you had during those years like the the Boston and Indiana, very hardworking. They have the reputation of being blue collar, hardworking cities compared to Miami, which is kind of like a vacation town, you know. At least the perception is that, right? So then you have these two these classes of cultures, like very very different cultures, and then it led to Heat fans just making fun of other people's cities because you know you get defensive because you get attacked. Yeah, I mean sometimes I sit back and I think about the way we go after Cleveland and like I feel bad dude I don't I never do that I feel, man people like I love Miami a lot like I love where I live and I I mean if you love your city you know that's that's a nice thing to have so I I'll go after other things about people but not not where they live dude right I mean I think it's just I know you guys disagree with me I, I think a lot of that just kind of stems that. from you know <laughs> the general pettiness of it all but uh you know, look, it's, it's look, Mi- Miami and Heat fans are not responsible for the inept behavior of every sports team in Cleveland and all of the losses, the, all the losses that they've had to endure. Like, um, 
like get out of here with that. Like I, I don't need to be respectful or um, have any sort of uh, like, you know, feel sorry for them. So take it easy on them. They were ugly when we went back there with LeBron for that first game. Those were battery. Do you remember the battery? Those were ugly human beings, man. And like, um, it's not going to get you know shifted on us now. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, part of it is me trolling when I do that, and then there's another part of me that's like, here's a dose of your own medicine. But we're oh, just going to do it for a lot longer because our sustained success is going to allow us to put, you know, poke our chest out. And I don't want to make it seem like I, I mean I, I think it's awesome and I mean I it's not just because I don't do it doesn't mean I don't like it and think it's funny because I I live with my mother and whoever follows me on Twitter knows that mom is a team petty captain dude uh, I love it and I think it's funny and and they are what Leif said is correct they they tried to throw a battery at LeBron those signs were terrible like I'm looking at one picture right now and there's five different signs and they read you're only a prince in Wade's country. LBJ, liar, baby, jerk. 11 and 8, looks like you left your talents in Cleveland. Akron hates you too, LeBron. And like father, like son. Those are some great fans. That was bad, dude. That That last one is... Like father, like son. I mean, Ethan said that the days leading up to that game and that game felt like those soccer matches where you don't know... if like you know things are going to get out of hand and for him for that even to be uh anywhere in your mind at an nba game if you've been to a lot of nba games that's not it is like family friendly uh you know so those people they got told, out, the, the nba does a good job of that because football's not like that i wouldn't bring my no, kids to football no. yeah that's very true the, the nfl lets you tailgate and do what you want and uh they tone it down a little in the stadium but not much but the NBA is not like that at all, in my uh, opinion. Christian, did you see what DeAndre Jordan just did? No. I was looking at oh all these pictures God. of uh, what, what uh, Cleveland fans brought to the arena that, that game. Okay, is, is, name some others. I mean, just uh, let's uh, – LaBum, four guys dressed in matching shirts that say LaBum. LaBum is such a lazy insult. It, like, it's get, a get pretty creative. lazy one. I mean, it's just – it's incredible. Like I didn't see any signs when LeBron came back the first time. I don't think there were any. Like I mean, you have to like, a guy that great. You may hate that he left, but you at least on some level have to appreciate what he did to the point that you're not going to disgrace him publicly. <laughs> publicly, I mean, no, <laughs> very publicly. <laughs> yeah, like out in actual public, like Twitter. Whatever, everybody's a dick on Twitter. But like actually going out and holding up those signs with your face behind them, right in front of them, like that takes a certain kind of just cojones. Ball. Yeah, exactly. Cojones. Onions. Yeah, dude. It, it, the bad dude. The, the, people try to throw batteries at them. You know what's that hurts? No, I mean it, it takes onions. You but- ever had a battery thrown at you? Uh, actually, at my school bus, yes, I did. Uh, when I played basketball in high school, we had batteries thrown at the bus when we were leaving the stadium after the game. Really? Like yeah. that? Yeah. But, I mean, it was just like um, some of the kids that were in the stands. I'm not, like, trying to say I was in, you know, any scandal or something like that. Just kids, <laughs> kids threw rocks and batteries at the bus. Yes. Holy shit, dude. That's dangerous. <laughs> did they ever connect with anybody? No, no, no. I mean, we were... We were on the bus with the windows up. You were safe in, in the safety of the bus. <laughs> yeah. 
what were you saying before? I'm sorry. I just I yeah, had to no, ask that, follow. That, that that threw me off track. Um, it begged to follow. No, but but uh, getting back to the getting back to the stuff in Cleveland and how Miami Miami's been very Miami's been petty, but it's been it's been a different kind of petty, and they do it. Miami does it with a self awareness that I don't think Cleveland had. Like we know we're being petty when we're petty, right? Like we know what we're doing, oh, and it, sure. kinda, it makes it it man it makes it funny. Everything is done with intent. Dead ass serious. Yeah, I mean, that letter came from Dan Gilbert's heart. A lot of our tweets are just kind of, you know, um, when we make fun of them and stuff like that. It's just, it's a lot of trolling that we have done. But I think, I think that's what part of what's made this whole he gone thing so amazing is that. Now exactly what was happening to us when LeBron was here, all this controversy and stuff. Now it's the whole league, you know, piling on to the Cavs again because of LeBron. And it's fun to be on the giving end of it, I would assume, for a lot of people, which is probably why we're enjoying this so much. It is. Now we know how now we know how the rest of the league felt. You know, because that's how they all ganged up on us. Uh, but the thing is, is that the rest of the league, I don't necessarily feel like is putting uh, the Cavaliers' feet to the fire. So then he Twitter has to do it. Well, I think what's happening with the Cavs is more how people find it funny, more so than like Miami got legitimate hate, right? In that's Cleveland, true. I think people are just thinking, oh, this is kind of funny. Like we we you know Miami has the hatred and they have the jokes, but I think everybody else. Fan bases in Houston or, or Los Angeles, they're just looking at it like, haha, that's funny. I mean, I think it's, I think ESPN's like talked about this how nationally, like everybody around the nation that's a sports fan kind of laughs at Cleveland because of their futility in sports. Like, you know, remember that game, uh, what happened with the Browns and Ravens where they try to kick the field goal to win the game and it gets blocked and the Ravens run oh it back God, and win. Yes. And yes. the amount of videos that came out and this was like a huge thing on Sports Center about how like, you know, Cleveland fans are so distraught. Like it's, I think it's a, just a giant running joke in the country about because it's amazing. There was it 60 something years it's no so glorious. Team. It's, it's glorious. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, incredible. Oh, yes. it's wild. But the the best part about that is that you juxtapose it to my like to Miami. So what you have is Cleveland, which is an older city, and it's a very uh, there's a lot of sports history there and a lot of losing. And then you have Miami, which is almost the opposite of what makes this so great is that Miami. Is like Cleveland is its antithesis. Like it's just different in every way. The people, the the geographical location, the culture, everything about it is just polar opposites, right? So you have these two cities that are polar opposites, and they're fighting, and it's just like incredible how, how that how that ended up. Speaking of what we've been fighting over, and he gone. Gianni, how happy would you be if he gone became LeBron back in a Heat number six jersey? Oh, all up on that, dude. They're the Heat are a superstar away. <laughs> I knew I knew that you would be happy for that because I know that you were. Uh, I like you, you are awesome. a, a, a LeBron fan. They're a, yes or no? They're a superstar away. Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. Like we know that they don't have enough now. They might be able to beat Cleveland just because the matchup's really favorable for them. But if uh, if we could somehow get Bosch back, 
I legitimately think this team could somehow win four out of seven against a team like maybe the Spurs. The Spurs were just oh, hot tonight, man. You're they, nuts, dude. I mean, they had Bosch and then they got crushed. It's a deep yeah. team now. That's I, I. I really like this team. Um, and the the after the All Star break, the resiliency to not like just. Uh, punt the season when Bosch goes down with this again. Uh, ton of credit, but I don't know. You know, even if they had Bosch, I still think you're one major piece or some some really good fits off the bench that can you know provide certain skill sets away from being able to win four out of seven against a Golden State or a San Antonio. I could be wrong. I think that we – the one thing we do have is that big game mentality. So on that stage, you never know if guys, step, you know, step up. And Hassan Whiteside does have this um, kind of like an elite level, like game-changing uh, effect at times. So maybe, but that's tough to say that we would hang with those guys. And when I'm saying realistic, I literally mean like – Possible. I'm talking that one, two, three percent chance. Oh, like, well, that's, and that's really all. That's all you want. You know, that's you just want the opportunity to have a chance to where something crazy could happen. You know, if you get four games where you get a few guys that are just totally on fire, because basketball is a crazy sport. Where a lot like a sport like soccer or, or hockey, they can be a little bit unpredictable because you know low possessions. Right. Uh, it's. Well, the um, they're they're man, I, like tonight for example, they play the Spurs right, and they they lose, and Luol Dang goes out, and I know that the team's deep. However, a guy like Luol goes out, and there's no replacement for him, right? Because he's very, they don't have, and it was very clear today that there's nobody that can fill that spot. Yeah, right. I he, mean, he goes down, and there's like there's nobody. The you know the dang thing is twofold too because what the the role that he's filling now as the as the small ball you know more like a stretch four, um, but you know moving and cutting that that all of those elements are huge in itself. But Playmaking. You could, you could also see how it impacted Goran Dragic tonight. He looked all out of sorts um, for most of the game, and I think a lot of that has to do with. When you have Dang moving the way he moves, he doesn't want to sit still. Like the fact that we made him camp out in corners for a year and a half, I feel I kind of feel bad for the guy because what what you can totally see what he wants to always be doing is moving, 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 and uh, that was not there Dang, tonight. Another sweater. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very he sweats good one. a lot. Yeah, yeah, he sweats is, a lot. That's true. So no, but and, and to credit to what Leif is saying, and and not only does Dang allow them to go, you know, to downsize play one big, uh, and it's usually Hassan or, or Amari, but not not camping in the corners, but he can't shoot. He is an able shooter, so he provides the third shooter for the space that they found. Because today, I know that offensively they played well in the first half, but in the second half. That that help was coming every time Dwayne would get in the lane, and that's why Dwayne was just throwing up garbage, and he was making the garbage, but they weren't getting anything off penetration, nothing. Mm-hmm. And part of that was dang not there to space the floor. And 
playmaking because he can take you off the dribble and make things happen. He might not get the direct assist, but by distorting the defense, then you have guys helping, and he does create a lot of things by moving and dribbling. So, I mean, he's just one of those guys that's always going to be a little undervalued because he does a little bit of everything well. And if you keep, like you said, he loves – he just a ton of energy. I mean, he was used to playing 48 minutes – under Tom Thibodeau. Like, he's used to just running and running and running. And if you just give him the opportunity to do that in positive ways, like, movement is always good. As you can see, the best teams in the league, you know, the, the Warriors, the Spurs of the leagues, they, they're they constantly moving. They're constantly working to get a better advantage, a better situation. And you want guys like that. And if we, that's why I think he's one of the most important guys to bring back next season. I mean, especially if you could get him at a good number. This year for Luol Deng, 30, 32 minutes, lowest since his rookie year, which he played 27. Last year he was at 33, lowest since his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, that he, he probably averaged 39 minutes. I mean, I, I've never looked at the stats from his career years in Chicago, but I would imagine he had to have approached 40 minutes a couple seasons. He, had thir- he was at 38, 39, 33 straight seasons of 39 so yeah yeah at the, at the end at the end of his Chicago career yep. and then that year he was traded 23 games 37 39 39 38 37 34 33 37 so heavy minute guy but he's playing a career low in Miami and that's good for him and I guess I want to transition into what do you think they're going to pay him because I think they're going to want to keep him I think so too. I mean, he's he knows the system perfectly at this point. I mean, he's only it's crazy that he's only 30 right now. He seems so much older because he's been in the league so long. He's only 30? He's 30. No way. Yeah, no, he, oh my God. he 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 looks him and has been thought of as a lot older than he actually is. He's only is. been in the year 11 years? Mm-hmm. Um in, th- this is the thing with Luol Deng. Uh I know that the organization wants to go after a big fish, like a big, big fish, and that's what they're going to go for first. And so that's going to require some patience on Dang's part in order to I, – I, I don't see us – unless we knew Bosch was going to be 100% on the court, no risk, um, I feel like you can't commit to a Luol Dang long-term and a Hassan Whiteside long-term and a Goran Dragic long-term. Um, I, I would think you'd be more apt to, you know, try to lock up Whiteside and then bring back Joe Johnson, Wade, Dang, but on one-year deals, maybe paying them a little bit more than you would pay them on a multi-year deal and then reset for 2017. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That seems like, I mean, that seems like best-case scenario, obviously, especially in the last few years because they're always looking as – this is how this team builds. They've, I mean, all our draft picks for years are given away. So you have to be building through free agency. And the only way that you're going to always be sure that you can build a good team is by not taking the risk of tying up a lot of money for a long time. So what do they do? They sign Luol Deng to a couple-year deal. They find these guys that want to come in and have better years than they had before. Guys like Amari and Gerald Green are short-term deals. And you try to build that way. And... 
it's amazing because I feel like players, because they trust the organization, and you have the perks, obviously, living in Miami and living in a city where, you know, it's it's a pretty lavish lifestyle. Like, they, they will make exceptions, like not signing long-term deals to sign here. And the stability of the, of the organization ties into that, too. I'm hoping they can do exactly what Life said, because that's ideal. I think something that's changed the game is how good Richardson's been. So you have Jay Rich, Winslow, and Hassan as a young core that has played very well together. And Tyler Johnson as well. And Ty- I-, I keep forgetting mm-hmm. TJ, but so you have these four young players. And I think what that does, in, it kind of changes the dynamic of paying Hassan, right? Because the the unit becomes something of a threat or it becomes a threat that it is because of Hassan. So if you couple... Another and Hassan has gotten better this year. I mean, we've seen it is palpable improvement. Even before, you know, everything. I mean, he's just been a better player. So it's, you it's have been unbelievable. And if you give him uh, another off season to his jumper has been failing him a little bit lately again. Uh, if he can really get that down really consistently and add an, add another post move, not just a spin move, which I, I do think that he can do. Um, you have a guy in in him that is young, athletic, uh, coupled with Winslow and Richardson, who are the same. And I think going forward with the core of those three guys for the next four or five years is something that uh, – cheap, by the way, because you have Winslow and Jay Rich locked up cheap. Well, and another aspect is that having that core, um, those four guys specifically, not only, and then also having Dwayne Wade in the organization, I think that if you would have asked everybody at the start of the season, or maybe even in January, compared to now, uh, how attractive of a, of a destination were we just aren't from a basketball standpoint? I think that, I that, think the, that perception the perception of that, the reality, reality of that, that has changed considerably throughout this season. And that's, like, that's like, I think, a huge going to be a huge component in luring a big fish. But what I'm saying is that because of what's happening with the rookies, that it kind of forces their hand to pay Hassan when maybe they wouldn't have in the past. Just because with him, you have this young core. And I want to know if you guys think I'm off base thinking that because of the emergence. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll speak again. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Christian. And then I'll let I'll let you go. I just wanted to get in that if he continues to play in a role that translates to winning, of course we're going to pay him. We'll be happy to max him out. But if he was the Hassan back from December, oh, of course. Then then we're, it's a what different. What I'm saying is that what you're seeing what you're seeing now. Oh, of course. Oh, you pay, you max them out on the first day of free agency. But I give you the qualifier because I'm not so sure that if Winslow and Richardson didn't exist, I don't think I would be comfortable maxing them out. But I think because of their existence, I feel comfortable because I know, okay, I have a young core. That it's there's not more just, to the puzzle. I get what you're saying. Well, okay. It's not just an isolated piece of Hassan. He comes packaged with two cheap deals that are young going forward that are going to get better along with him. I mean, for me, it's actually almost it's kind of almost the opposite because now, 
No, no, okay, hear me out, hear me out, now hear me out. <laughs> now, because you have, okay, especially with a guy like Josh Richardson now exploding onto the scene, I mean, you've seen in the last few games, you know, he had stretches where he was guarding LeBron, where he was guarding Kawhi. He's a... Morris D out tonight. Yeah, he's a guy who can cover a lot of people relatively effectively. Another young guy, real long, and he can shoot, apparently, you know, lights <laughs> out now that he's got a little bit of confidence. So that really changes things. You got him. You have Justice Winslow, who's going to be one of the best defenders in the league in three to four years. You have Tyler Johnson, who's going to he's going to mature to be a very functional NBA player. I mean, now you have all these pieces here that weren't necessarily sure things before that have got to be intriguing to other free agents to want to come down here. So if anything, I think this may be trade assets. Exactly. Well, that. That that's Coach another way Ron you could look at it too. Coach rolling around in his grave. I mean, that's another way you could look at it too. But I'm just getting that. I'm if those guys didn't mature the way they have, or if we didn't fall into them like we did with Justice, I feel like you would have had to have kept Hassan even more because there weren't other great options around. So like now it's not so much. Now if we can lure a guy like you know. Like obviously, like Kevin Durant's the big fish in this draft class, but maybe next off season too, somebody like Russell Westbrook, Paul Millsap. No, Paul Millsap. he's not good enough. It's not, not a big enough fish, I don't think. I'm all about Paul Millsap, dude. I, I, mean, I think I, you. I think, I think that you'd helps. rather with, with the money. I mean, I'd love to have him. He's a good player, but if you just look at the economics of it, if you're going to pay Hassan what the market value dictates, and you're also going to bring back Dang Johnson and Wade, you're not going to add Millsap. Like. No, I, 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 I was just kidding, but I don't think it's enough. And I also don't think you'd want to pair him with Hassan. Um, whereas if you got a guy like Durant who's going to commit, then you make then, – then I feel like if you have to tell Luol Deng, you know, it's been a good three years or four years or whatever, um, then that – you know, it is – or two years, excuse me. Um, then it yeah, is I don't know. It is. I, don't know. <laughs> I thought we were talking about it in the future. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, – so I don't know. It's a tough thing because, you know, I spent a lot of this season thinking Nick Batum was like this prime example of what we needed to go get to be um, our small ball four. But Dang fits that role perfectly now. And I think you could get him at a much better price. But it, there's also this part of me that knows that we, we, when you don't know about what's going to happen with Chris Bosh, um, how are you going to commit to guys long term? Anybody besides like the white sides and the dragons and then, you know, maybe a Wade. The dank thing I think is important because what you have in him with Joe Johnson, right? You kind of have like the big three had like Battier, Mil, um, I was going to say Millsap, Battier, Birdman, um, Mike Miller. Right, you had like these veteran guys that were very good and that had, that were smart players that knew their role. So now you have Joe Johnson and Luol Deng, Josh Richardson, guys that are that know their role, that that are good uh, support guys, role players. That they've the Heat have kind of retooled that part very quickly, with mm-hmm. very very good quality guys that can make plays. You know, they're they're multifaceted players like Shane, Mike Miller, etc. I mean, I, that's the, the, one of the things I like about this roster right now. There's so much versatility. Like, I mean, even tonight, obviously it didn't go well, but mostly it was because we're on the second night of a back-to-back. And it's one of the best teams in NBA history, really. But, 
I mean, you you have Mike Roberts starting tonight. You know, we have ten to eleven guys on the roster that can come in and play like be functional. A lot of them can play multiple positions. It's a good roster. The only thing too is that a lot of the best players are getting up there in age, so that plays a role also in terms of how you want to build for the future. And it's a lot of moving parts now. That's the thing. It's it's almost impossible to predict how it's really all going to shape out because you don't know what a lot of these guys are going to ask for, what they're going to get on the open market. It's a it's a lot. Who the hell? Who's scratching? That was me. My bad. God, Christian, that was <laughs> the loudest scratch. I, did you take skin off? <laughs> no, I just I, I'm a I'm a hairy yep. dude, so I think that adds to it. Like it just cut, adds cut to your the nails, sound. bro. Cut your nails, dude. dude. Man, that was I mean, you you okay? You all right? No, I'm good. I'm good. It's just it's a scar on my leg. I fell over when I was a little uh, intoxicated a couple weekends ago. <laughs> uh, I thought you were I thought you were gonna say your dad threw you down the stairs because you didn't learn the game. Oh my game. god, that's you, exactly what happened. You missed the joke. <laughs> Who's this? Uh, did you guys see this Russ Smith guy who scored 65 points in the D League today? Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm seeing the I same highlights. Saw that, yeah. Oh, are we all watching the same thing? Probably. I think we are. Yeah. DeAndre, you saw DeAndre's little dunk there? Mm hmm. Well, at least, listen, I have to stop with the television while I do podcasts because I don't know if you guys can notice. I'm just staring directly at my television, and it happened the last show I did with George Corrales and James Perfetto, which has not come on yet because there was problems with the audio. So, audience, I'm sorry you have been cheated out of a good show. Um, but while I was doing that podcast, Westbrook was playing, and I just kept staring at Westbrook. Like uh, my my attention was not on the show; it I was mean, on it's, Westbrook. It's hard not to stare at Westbrook. That guy is a freak. I mean, he get, when he gets the rebound and goes, it's just like. It's amazing. I would love for Pat Riley to be able to have conversations throughout seasons with Russell Westbrook and see what he would become. That's a Pat yeah. guy, though. Like, I feel like that's a guy that Pat and would Spo. like. And Spo, actually. I don't know about Spo because he might drive Spo nuts, but that's a guy, like, he has, He seems like he has that warrior mentality, that toughness, that desire, like all these intangible things that I don't really believe in but that Riley loves. And honestly, he's a guy with such athletic gifts that I feel like he's never really been – taught the proper way to play defense. He you plays imagine? with a chip on his shoulder. Riley loves guys that plays with chips on I his shoulder. I think they could turn him into like a freaking uh, what's the best the, player in the league. I was Spolster. thinking of a cartoon Tasmanian Devil. Like he, he is already like out of control out there sometimes, but in control. That's what's crazy about him. He, he takes it to a Controlled point where you, chaos. where you think he's that guy in the Mighty Ducks that was incredibly fast but couldn't stop. What was his name? Mendoza. You remember that? I think it was like the second or third one. Listen, you know what I watch, and it ain't Mighty Ducks. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't ever watch it. Yeah. I, I, listen, your analogy, I get I get your analogy. I, I don't know. He's a rare, a How rare long do you feel right now? athletic gift. I, thought, I, I was surprised. I feel like everybody's seen those Mighty Ducks movies. I mean, no? Nah. I thought everyone, uh, you know what? I thought everyone listened to Tribe Called Quest before today, and I found out a lot of. I didn't even know who them. those people were. I just saw people died, and I was like, I feel bad for y'all. I don't know yeah, who that no. is. And and that's oh, totally cool. It, it's not expected that everyone would know that, but that's just something that I learned today that I was not aware of. No, that happened to me too. Alf like put some quote up on a tweet, and I had no idea that it was like a lyric, and it was like something about shooting a load in, in someone's eye or something. And so I just I just like. 
tag like a like a like a a little like quick uh, GIF on it. GIF, GIF, GIF. I say GIF. GIF. I know it's. I think, it I think it's. I think correctly it's GIF, but it's honestly I, like GIF. I pronounce it GIF because I'd rather just do that. It's GIF, dude. It's just I don't. GIF. They okay. can say what they want. It's fucking GIF. And then he like replied with some something about a. Uh, it was some reference and apparently it was a reference to one of the guys from a tribe called Quest and I had no idea that's what it was I can't believe Alf knows how to use GIFs that has been the most surprising thing to me because all Alf does is complain about technology like he doesn't like learning that's true but it's just Twitter makes it easy I'm surprised he knows how to tweet to be honest with you the way he talks about technology like he hates it that's funny Poor, poor Alf, dude. I, I loved it when he, he. The only time he's ever DM'd me was when he asked me to uh, <laughs> Photoshop the uh, the face that he uses as his Abby on his kid <laughs> on a picture of his kid at the basketball. Oh, he game. asked you for that. <laughs> yeah, That's he funny. asked me to the do that. The one where they're like at, at center court, like <laughs> facing off. Right, he's facing off against a kid that's like eight inches taller than him or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's so that, that was actually a, that was a pretty cool post actually on that or tweet. <laughs> Sorry, post like the first time. Si- yeah, I know. What, what the hell, man? The first Fuck time Alf DM me was trying to get Izzy and Ethan a show. <laughs> you remember how hard he campaigned for that? Oh yeah, I mean he's Alf- also campaigned for. I know. Hey, listen. At Intercom. Okay? What the fuck do you have on your airwaves on Saturdays? Give us a fucking chance. It should be you. Should be us. Okay? Us, we have rotating us, panel. But, you, but, you, but you, you should be the host. I, I, I'm definitely uh, holding out my Gianni... 2016 signs. Let's go, dude. This makes this happen. We have a rotating panel on Saturday. You know, who doesn't? We don't have to work on Saturday. You just go into the studio and wherever you guys are. If you guys don't live in Miami, we could do it remotely. I mean, come on. We can make. Come on, 790. What do you have on Saturday? These days, the technology. I mean, come on. I mean, get real. Don't they have like syndicated programming on Saturday? Um, I, I hear a lot of local guys usually, actually. They're bad. With that platform, I bet we could get Spoon to uh, to speak up. <laughs> I, I would I would ask the company for a weekly segment, just like updates with Spoon. Yeah. Like I don't care if we have to pay him, and just like you know, a little ten minute segment like, of Spoon just like, giving like us his reading, basketball like updates. Those hot take tweets when he would go on a rant like Stu yes. does. <laughs> oh, and during Dolphin season, it'd be great. His account was always the best during Dolphin season because he would yeah, just. He would get so angry at everybody who would constantly be trying to throw Tannehill under the bus. That's <laughs> I honestly think that's what drove him off finally. <laughs> Somehow, it, I, because I know he did he leave during basketball season. He did, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. It was but, after a loss. It was after a loss. Something happened, and he got mad. Uh, somehow, I still feel like this is Dolphins related. Was, wait, I don't, I don't know even why. remember <laughs> when. When did he leave? Was it this season? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was, it was the last in, season. It was in December, wasn't it? You know, it was this season, but I don't remember exactly when. But it no, was I, early, I, early on this I, season, I think. Man, I don't so, even know. We're confused. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think that I think that's a good place to end this on. Listen, <laughs> audience, it's eleven fifty-three. I gotta get up at five. I know everybody else has to get up early. We're doing this for you, for the people. Hey, we still did like 56 minutes. It's pretty solid. We we did. We 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 were, we were sleepy. 
We did this after a sad game against the Spurs that we barely talked about because there was nothing to talk about because it was just sad. We're going to reel I mean, off four straight, though, and we're going to feel great about ourselves in about a week when we win four in a row. So look forward to that. And, uh, How about my bad suck. advice today when I saw Heat plus 10.5 and, and I said, oh, that's pretty big. I think the Heat will keep this close. Oh, no, Ugh. man. I, I, I won yesterday, and I was like, I am not touching this at all because I already had a bad yeah. feeling about I it. I didn't even look. I saw 11.5 at one point, and that was it for me. No I wouldn't have bet on it, but I advise people to bet. Like, I, would, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, you're that guy. Tell me how to spend my money. <laughs> yeah, I would have done that. <laughs> no, hold on, wait. I think the surest bet all season. Uh, there are two bets that I know were very sure. One of them was the over on whatever Luke Babbitt's point was, points were. Right, like that was like how much did prob- he end up scoring? He was like in the like 20s. twenties. Yeah, it was in the twenties, and the only reason it wasn't more because he got in foul trouble. Unbelievable, man. The, the, Luke- the, be- the, be- the best betting story so far this year is that, um, and we can end on this. Uh, Cleveland was. Um, Favored by one against Golden State when Golden State visited Cleveland. And Golden State beat them by, like, 45 points. So, that like, to take Golden State plus one was the easiest money ever. And the most low-stress money ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just realized... Mike Scribble's been wearing a LeBron jersey. He just came up with my timeline again. Well, yeah, yeah like no, he gone sh- taped to the he back. Up with, yeah, you didn't he see gone that. taped to the back. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. No, that's it's great. That's why I asked you guys before where he lives because I was like, wait, was he actually at the Spurs game, at the Spurs Heat game tonight? Because that would be hilarious if he was. Oh, my God. I just saw that on my timeline. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that, that's what he did. And actually, another follower, this Dr. Pablo, I, I can't. Uh, pronounce oh, yeah, his last yeah, that name guy. off the top of my head but he's at the game also and he was like three rows behind him and he initially tweeted it to me and Mike Ryan and Silky and a few other people and said look at you look you know look he gone is at the game and then I you know I wrote back that's actually Mike Scriba <laughs> Mike yeah. so that is oh. amazing I do wanted to say one thing about the, the betting um I a coworker was asking me. He's like, "So, you know, what, what do you think? To, what do you think today?" And he's like, "I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start sports betting on basketball." And he's like, "So, what do you think today?" And they think it was the game that the Heat. Uh, remember, when the, Chris? It was the game that we went to go see when the Heat played the Rockets. Oh, really? That game? Oh, God. And I said, "Listen, the Heat won. There was a three or four at the time. I think they had just won their fourth game in a row." Yeah. And I said, "No chance in hell they win the next one." <laughs> yep. Because yep. Marcus Thornton is there, and just they don't win five hundred. Do that? They're not. I thought that was a sure bet. I mean, Marcus that was an Thornton awful story. is a wow. guaranteed ten points on four shots. Yeah, Marcus Thornton, random scrub heat killer king. I proved it. Him and Wayne Ellington. <laughs> One funny thing I saw on Twitter was somebody going through the schedule and said it should only be three more losses the rest of the season, and somebody goes correction four, comma Wayne Ellington. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh I mean, God. that is one good thing though about the rest of this season is we got a pretty easy schedule. So they just they got to win the games that that you know they got to win because I think there's Reseed, a couple back they backs come. while we're on the road. And other than that, three seeds, three seeds, three seeds, three seeds. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.